This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back, everybody. We continue to remember an absolute icon and legend, Bud Grant. Another fabulous guest is with us. The great Ahmad Rashad is with us. Ahmad is with us. On the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline, Ahmad had seven fabulous years with the Vikings. And Ahmad, I thank you as always for coming on to reflect on somebody who meant so much to you. I want to get into your relationship with Bud in moments, but I want to talk about where you were at with your career when you came here to Minnesota. You'd missed the 1975 year with a knee injury. You sign as a free agent with the Seahawks and then... Late in camp, they trade you here. And I believe they ha- I have this right. You didn't pass the physical here because of the knee. But Francis went to Bud, went to the organization, said, this guy can play. When all that is going on, and, and you would learn to become such close friends with Bud, but at this point in camp, what was your impression of Bud at that time? Bud Grant was one of the great coaches in NFL history and he was all he was known for you know his demeanor and those blue eyes and didn't you know no nonsense kind of guy and a tough coach tough as nails coach I never felt any of that kind of stuff from him he was warm to me the moment I I mean the first day I got to practice I got there late because I got lost you know and and it was one of those (laughs) things where I I changed my name uh, a year or so before, and at that point, I think people thought I was crazy or strange or whatever, hard to handle or whatever that was, and then ending up on a team that had a coach that took no crap for nothing right. was like, wow, this is never going to work. It's never going to work. And I'm telling you, he he, his arms were extended out to me. I was so late. You know, I was, kept saying, oh, i got to make a good impression the first day. I'm at the hotel. I get in the car, and I can't find the practice place. So I show up about 15, 20 minutes late, just running out on the field right. while everybody is out there already. And I'm thinking, oh, man, I probably screwed this up already. And Bud just walked over and he said, so what happened? I said, well, I got lost. He said, yeah, it's hard to find from over there. That's all right. You'll be all right. Just like that. That's yeah. all he said. Right. And I'm thinking he's going to say, hey, kid, turn around and we'll go back in there and leave that uniform on and get out of here. So it wasn't that way at all. And he also came to me and said, tell me how to pronounce your name. Because I want to say it right every time I say it. Yes. Now, there was there was publicity going up to that point where when I was in St. Louis, they refused to say it. You know, that was a major problem. They, were, they weren't going to call me the name that I had chosen. They weren't doing that stuff. But Bud made it clear right away that he was going to be on that side of it. So that, that was my for, sort of uh, 
you know, that was sort of the, the start of that. And the biggest story of that is Francis going in saying, if you don't sign him, you might as well leave. I ain't playing. Fran gave them the ultimatum. Either you keep him or I'm, I'm done. Wow. Who, can so I just go back I to – never got over that. Can I go back to St. Louis Park? Who wouldn't pronounce your new name? Was it the team? What, yeah, the, to the coach, you know, the coach at St. Louis, it was uh, – none of them. They just wouldn't at all. They weren't going to do it. That's not it. We're not calling you that. <laughs> just embarrassing. Just, <laughs> just like, unbelievable. Like, shows – well, like, okay. shows, shows some of the progress we made. Obviously, we still have a ways to go. Okay, so the season <laughs> – right. you, you're joining a great team. This is a team which would go to the Super Bowl. How soon did you feel like you fit into this team, this team which had been established – for a long, long time, already having won the NFC Championship multiple times, going to three Super Bowls. How did that work out, and what role did Bud play with that? Bud was, uh, he was just always, he realized that I was a very, very good player and dealt with it on that level. And it also did, it also helped the fact that Francis and I were friends, too, Francis and I, one offseason, we, we sat in uh, Denver or somewhere. I, I, we just met, and we sat there for two hours and talked. That's when I was going through all that mess in St. Louis and yep. trying to get out of there and all this stuff. And Francis was, you know, we were having this long conversation, long conversation. And so I also had done a couple USO tours with Carl Weller. Mm-hmm. So these were my yeah, two guys right. that I knew on the team already. And so when I got there, they were like, yeah, hey, this is the guy. This is the guy going to get us to the Super Bowl. So it was, uh, and Bud was sort of the same way. He, I always thought Bill, Bud would always say, he saw a little bit of himself in me, the way I played. You know, he saw that. That's what, in, that he. In what say. way did he in, see in, that, Amon? In terms of being a perfectionist, you know, in terms of having running correct routes. You know, there was a season there. You know, where they put all the mistakes on one film. You know, all the mistakes you made during the course of the year. Mm-hmm. I wasn't on it. That was like the one of the highlights of my life. I wasn't on it at all. But Bud was like, yeah, uh-huh. You know, because he had played and he was a really good player. Yeah. Uh, so so it was – we we just hit it off. I, I mean, I just – I never had a coach quite like that. And as tough as he was, he still put duck feet in my shoes. When I come to practice on Saturday, pick up my shoes, it'd be some duck feet that he just shot some ducks and, cut, <laughs> and put them in my <laughs> shoes. You know, and that was a regular thing, and he never he never said he did it. You know, I go, hey man, you put them things in my <laughs> what, what things? What yeah. things are you talking? I mean, that was his whole thing the entire time. He got me so many times with all that crazy stuff too, man. It's just uh, uh, he called me in his office one time, and he had a lion in there from the zoo. So when I opened the door, all I could see was that lion. I mean, it scared the crap out of me. He Wait a second. That was Wait a so second. Funny. This is a stuffed lion. No, a real one from the zoo. You know, the zoo had brought some line or something in there, and he called me up to his office like I wanted to see me. So, like, in the joke, the funny thing is the joke is like between him and I. Yeah. It's like nobody else knows I'm going up, and I go up and I open that door, and I'm telling you, I almost had a heart attack. <laughs> I, I, I would, too. The great Ahmad Rashad yeah. is with us. So, let, let me talk about that player side of it. It's just such a reminder. I mean, here's a guy who played in the NBA, the NFL, was also a really good pitcher in baseball. This is this is well past his time when he played, but as a former player, how do you think that helped him becoming such a great coach? Because he knew how to get the best out of everybody. 
you know, a good coach is the kind of coach that can get the best out of everybody. There was no yelling, no screaming. You know, I even asked him about that one time. I said, hey, but how come you never yell or scream at anybody? He goes, I don't have to. I just cut him. And then just kept walking. He just kept right on walking. You know, he was mad. He was, he was, he was matter of fact with, with everything. So it was, uh, and that's what, he, and he had the ability to, we didn't have rules on the team, right? We didn't have any rules. He just knew what to do and what not to do. Because he told me one time, the reason I don't have rules is I don't want to have one of my best players break one of those rules and then I got to sit him down or cut him or whatever it is. So we're not going to have rules, but you know when you screw up or not. Yeah. You know, and then we'll deal with it from there. So I always thought I always thought that was well, that was really, really great. And he was so well respected. It was you know, the guys it, it and it was it's sort of a phenomenon because you know, the guys started calling me Bud Junior. You know, now I'm the I'm here I'm this wild dude coming out from somewhere right and now I'm Bud Junior. Just because Bud I mean, there would it would be so cold sometimes and Bud would uh He'd call me over to the side to talk to him at practice, but he wasn't really calling me to, to talk. He was calling me to get me out of the cold. You know, I'd be there for 10, 15 minutes. We'd be talking about hunting, fishing, you know, and everybody else is practicing. And I'm there thinking, I think he was just trying to get my mind off how cold it was. <laughs> also, they didn't, give, they didn't give away sweatshirts, right? No sweatshirts yep. were to practice. So I asked, I asked the guy, I asked Stubby the trainer, I said, Stubby, can I get a, uh, I need a sweatshirt to wear? He goes, oh, no, it's only 25 degrees outside. We don't give that stuff out till it gets cold. <laughs> so I'm thinking, 25 is not cold? So I go to the store, and I buy a long john, you know, a long john top, and I wear it. You know, the first game, I just wear it. No one said a word to me. Bud never said a word to me, nothing, zero. So I wore it every, every single time. And then I asked him a few years ago, I said, but how, how'd you, how come you let me wear that sweatshirt, you know, when you wouldn't let anybody else wear it? He goes, you know, because I think I, I, would, I knew I was going to get the best out of you by letting you wear that. It's a great answer. Oh. It's just he's so yeah. matter-of-fact and so practical. Ahmad Rashad is with us. Okay, all the years you were with the Vikings, did you ever see someone either by their words or their actions challenge Bud? Um, no. Yeah. No, I saw Bud slam the door on a couple of referees at halftime <laughs> on purpose. Is, on it, purpose. is there he, one he story you can went, share? <laughs> you know, at halftime, there's always a referee that comes in the door and opens the door and says, okay, you got two minutes or whatever that is. So Bud made it a point to be standing by that door. So every time they open the door, he just slamming on them. <laughs> just like every single week. And we get all fired up and just crash down through the door. But Bud was so matter of fact with it. You could tell it was coming because he'd slowly sneak over to the door. And about, you know, five minutes before we were supposed to go back out, that door would open to be a referee and he would just crash it back closed on him. <laughs> which was pretty which was pretty funny. He I, also in a game I remember one time in a game, I had a uh I had a bad uh, rib or something. My rib was broken or something. I could barely move or something like that. So he took me out of the game. And so we're standing on the side, and the next guy gets hurt too. And Bud looks at me and he goes, hey, it's either me or you, and I ain't got my uniform on. Just like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so because of your success in football, because of your you know great career in the NBA, you have interviewed so many coaches, so many coaches over the years. Does anybody else remind you of Bud 
in their approach and, and, and how it worked for them and it made you think about it a little bit? Yeah, uh, coach in New England. Belichick? Yeah, Belichick reminds me a lot of, but you notice he doesn't, there's not a lot of emotion on his face at any time. And he runs a really great organization, and the guys that play for him love the guy. You know, as you play against him, I don't think you have those same feelings. But his teams are always, you know, they were always um, ready to go. You know, it was always a full team, and that's the way Bud had it at the at the Vikings. You know, we were always a full team, and we had the purple people leaders, and we didn't make mental mistakes, those kinds of things. And Bud knew what to expect. And I think I think he's the same way at New England, same sort of coach. When you think of individuals who had the biggest impact on your life, where is Bud with that group? Bud's in the top five. You know, Bud, uh, he just was – Man, such a wonderful person and an, an original person, and and he, I, I, I thought of him as a friend, not only a coach, but a friend and advisor, and I could go to him with anything. I mean, I had a television show that was on the same time his was on. That's I don't think right. you're supposed to do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're supposed to do that, are you? Yeah. <laughs> but he was okay. He was okay with. He was okay with all that. But the life lessons and the. You know, we talked about a lot of things. He used to talk about how people in his family moved out to California, and that didn't work because as long as you live somewhere where your body has to keep changing, you live longer. So in Minnesota, you had, you know, the seasons, the summer, the winter, you know, spring, all those kinds of things. He said that kept you, you know, that kept your body going and, and, and things like These are just things that – and this was like, you know how he say that? I'd be in a line, <laughs> practice line and stuff. He'd go – Ahmad, come here. Yeah. And I'd go over there and we start talking. And it'd be twenty minutes, we still talking. You know, we were still right. <laughs> but he would do he would he would do things that like we had a coach, Les Steckle, who was oh, yeah. not the greatest coach. No. Nope. Uh, <laughs> you know, he wasn't he, he was just kind of a strange guy. And so he had us doing this drill one day so that you stand about ten feet in front of him, he says your name, you turn around and he fires his football at you from this machine. That football's coming at you about 90 miles an hour, and you're only 10 feet in front of it. So I say to myself, this is the way you break a finger. I don't, I don't see how this, this is going to work, so I don't really want to do this drill because if I break my finger, you know, I'm screwed up for the yep. rest of the season. Sure. And so, and so Bud was standing over the side, and he calls me over. So I go over, he goes, what, kill, what kind of a thing is that they're doing out there? I said, I don't I think he's trying to break all my fingers. He said, don't do it. Don't do it anymore. Don't die. You're going to break your feet. Don't do it. So I went over and I kind of stood down by the other side. He let Les Steckle do it three, four times. And he walked over right in front of me. He goes, hey, Les, why isn't the mod doing it? <laughs> That's so good. Uh, <laughs> That's you know, the bud, you know, they never cracked a smile. Yeah, right. You know, yes, just like, that's such a good yeah, point. It's like, <laughs> it's like, what? I got you. Oh. Okay, you just got me again. <laughs> Uh, just fabulous stuff. The great Ahmad Rashad w- is with us. We're getting so much reaction to this. You want to text, you can 651-461-9226. Ahmad, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate this. Be well, and we'll talk soon. It's always great to talk to you, man. Always, always, always. Don't be a stranger. Thank you. The fabulous All Ahmad right. Rashad. We're back in moments on New Stock 830 WCCO. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 